Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Hi, everybody. Chad Madden here with the Grow Your Practice podcast. And today, uh, it's a huge honor for me to talk with uh, Mr. Sean Buck of the Newsletter Pro. Welcome to the podcast here, Sean. Hey, Chad, how's it going? It's good to see you. Awesome, man. Um, So a lot to catch up, uh, a lot to catch up on with. Obviously, uh, things have changed significantly since the last time we spoke, but want to do a quick introduction. So you're the proud father of five sons. Uh, You live in Idaho. You're a serial entrepreneur. And I know the first time that we met was, uh, I believe, back in 2014 Mm -hmm. in uh, St. Louis. We were both at a Dan Kennedy event. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been quite a journey over the last, uh, six or seven years. So, uh, anything else you want to fill in there, uh, that we should know about you? Um, no, I mean, I, you know, I think you covered the, all the important stuff, right. You know, so I think we're good. Everyone, Chad Madden here with a quick message to make sure you knew about our new training that we have coming up. Um, hearing a lot of owners recently say that they're facing a ton of competition So we're going to kick this off with a training here in September where I'll be teaching you the six ways that your practice can stand out in a crowded market. This is where you're competing against a large healthcare system, large corporate PT practices, perhaps a hospital system, or maybe you see other physical therapists or chiropractors ramping up their advertising in your area. Anyhow, you can save your spot for free in this training by heading over to getbreakthrough.com forward slash six ways. That's getbreakthrough.com forward slash six ways. And I hope to see you there in the training. Cool. So um, give us the, the hot dog stand story about uh, when you started your um, entrepreneurial journey. I, I, right. I think it's yeah. a good story. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was, um, I think I was about 19 or 20 years old and I had always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was working at the time for AT&T Wireless. Um, and back then you could make a lot of money selling cell phones, okay? So this was uh, 20 years ago. So, um, which just is insane to measure anything in that time you know, span other than like, I've been alive for 20 years, but now to measure like, oh, first business 20 years ago. Um, so I, I was, I mean, I was crushing it for AT&T. I, I was kind of always good at selling. so. Um, I was a top 10 salesperson in the nation for them. Um, and, and I remember my grandfather who had recently passed away when I found this opportunity, my grandfather talking to me about these hot dog stands and how much money they made and how great they were and, and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and I really felt at that point, if I, I was, I was kind of moving through the ranks of AT&T and I'd even talked to my boss about the fact that I might go start my own company and uh, they had offered me my own store. So I'm like 20 years old. Like they're like, you'd be the youngest store manager in the history of the company or something like that. I'm like, uh, they're like, you'd have to move it further into the Bay Area, but you know, uh, you know, you could, you could do this. I was from the Bay Area at the time and, um, and uh, paid good money. And I, and I thought about it and I was like, you know what, if I, I was getting ready to buy a house um, and I was like, if I, if I don't jump now, if I don't get off this ship right now, I'm going to get stuck. Well, I'm going to get stuck here because I was making about a, a 120,000 bucks a year. And that was already an insane amount of money for me, you know, at, at such a young age. Right. And I, 
I was like, hey, I, I got to go. I got to get off. And so uh, I quit. I quit. I bought this hot dog stand. It was in front of Lowe's Home Improvement Stores called Woody's Hot Dogs. Uh, the best slogan, it was a franchise best slogan, uh, you know, I think uh, I've heard, which is uh, right on every menu board. Uh, it's the big one, baby. It's a Woody. So um, and now these giant Chicago style hot dogs, super good. Um, and I sat out there and I was slinging hot dogs and I bought a second location. And uh, anyhow, my first year, my first year, which I had, I, I, the second location really had just got up and running, but I went from making 120,000 a year to, I believe I made $36,000 or something like that that year. So uh, it was a good thing I had some savings <laughs> because that was brutal. Okay, that was brutal. Um, so I ended up quickly realizing that I did not want to be the king of hot dogs. Um, and it took me about 18 months from when I bought the first one to when I sold both of them. Um, and, uh, and it was, you know, I, luckily I actually turned a profit, you know, so I don't know. I don't know how in the world I doubled my initial investment on the sale of this stuff, uh, who, who paid that, but you know, money was cheap and free back then, basically. Um, I know I was getting it for free. I, I literally put the money on, I, it was 40, 40,000 bucks to buy the hot dog stands, the franchise fees, you know, get the license, get everything all set up, all the inventory and everything. And discover card had sent me an offer for 0% interest, uh, as long as I made two charges every month on the card. And so I got two of them. Uh, they had a $50,000 le limit between the two of them. I put the 40,000 bucks on there. And then I, I charged uh, a dollar uh, twice a month on each one of those cards through my own merchant processing account. And that was how I, that was how I paid for it instead of using my savings at 0% interest. So uh, yeah, I thought I was going to be the king of hot dogs. Uh, I'm glad I'm not. So. <laughs> That's great. Uh, the, that was a preloaded, uh, first story. Um, the, <laughs> and, and I, oddly, I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I opened, uh, Madden here, it was a $50,000 line of credit and we used $40,000 to open that. that oh. I, that's you and I had never shared that with each other before. Oh, wow. but, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, funny numbers, but uh, yeah, lots of wins in there. So you weren't the king of hot dogs. Eventually, um, you grow into newsletter pro. When did you start that? Why did you start it? What did you see? And how'd you, how'd you get rolling there? Yeah. So I started newsletter pro uh, just over about 10 and a half years ago, actually. So it was 2011. I had, so I spent uh, so I kind of have this like, uh, like interesting start and I'll give you the, the really short version of this, but it makes the, it makes the rest of this make sense. Um, at 16 years old, I had a kid and the big difference between me and most dads, teenage dads who have a kid is that I ended up raising him instead of his mom. So she bowed out of the picture pretty early on. Uh, actually her mom <laughs> helped me more than, more than she did. Um, uh, which is crazy. I'm, and I, actually, I mean, I'm actually friends with all of them, uh, to this day, <laughs> which is pretty silly, but, um, but, um, anyhow, they, uh, uh, raised him. 
Um, and that, that really put me down a path where I, like I needed to figure out business. So even at 16 and even actually before then, but definitely once I found out I was going to be a dad, I was really studying business. This is, I knew this is what I wanted to do. Right. You know? And so I spent my twenties, um, instead of going out partying and hitting the clubs and, and drinking and doing all the things that everyone does in their twenties, even college, I, I spent a couple of years in college, but uh, found out I was making more than my professors. Um, so, and I'd actually owned businesses and none of them had. So I quickly uh, dropped out after about two years and, um, and, uh, you know, but I, I, went, I jumped from business to business to business, but I continued studying marketing. I continued studying sales. I continued learning from my mistakes, uh, you know, and figure out what works and what doesn't work. Um, and I, and what I liked and what I didn't like. And, you know, I found out, uh, I found out a lot of things, uh, you know, one of them, one of the key things that I found out was that there is a, uh, and I know, I know that you teach this, you don't call it the same thing, but I know you teach this. It's, there is foundational items that you have to do if you want to grow and scale. There's foundational skills that you need. There's foundational systems and processes that you need. Um, there's, there's certain things that you have to put in place that you have to get good at, that you have to work on and tweak. And, and as you grow, those processes break and you got to fix them and, and adjust, right? But if you don't get these right, you never grow, you never scale. And so those companies that do get there, they get there to, uh, you know, uh, multiple locations. I know you have six locations, right? You know, I know uh, people who listen to this might have 10, 50, 100. They've got the foundational pieces, at least a number of them in place. Um, and, and it is that, that, that basically can help you get to the next level. And so when it was time to, when I was selling my, my company that I, that I was, that I owned at the time, um, and I was looking for something else to do all of my friends in 20, think about this 2011, right? All of my friends were jumping into SEO businesses, website development companies, everything. And I was like, you know, I've been doing this print newsletter thing for my other company and it works really well. It's just really difficult, really challenging to get out every month, right? You know, create all the content, do everything. So I was a little hit or miss on it, but every time I sent it out, I, I got business, I got referrals, I got people talking to me about it, whatever it happened to be. Um, I saw benefit from it every single time. And so even though everyone was making fun of me, I decided to go into the print newsletter business. And, uh, and that's where we started out in 2011 and we did custom. So we would create, you know, unique content. We'd call our clients, we would interview them. We'd ghostwrite content, make it sound like they did it, make it sound like they wrote it, match it to their brand, print, mail it. And, um, and again, at first everyone thought I was crazy, but I said, no, there's something about getting it in the mail. Like we get a lot of emails, we get a lot of, uh, we see a lot of digital and I think that's only going to grow. And so I think that by having an online and offline option, you're going to see better results. And, and that's exactly what happened. We, we created this business. And after we kind of got, uh, I'd say it was probably about 18 months into it. I was part-time for the first year because I was having to sell the other company and still run it. So 18 months into it, my six full, six months full-time, um, I, I, pivoted a little bit. We had a couple different products, but I pivoted a little bit. I said, I'm just going to focus on newsletters uh, because the results we were getting were so much better than, than, I mean, the other marketing we were doing was working and it was good, but the results we were getting on newsletters were just 
crazy. Uh, people were loving it. So I pivoted, I focused. And the moment I did that, we, uh, we doubled in four months. Uh, and we went from doing about 40, uh, low $40,000 a month in sales to, you know, about 84, 85,000, which puts you up, up you know, 84,000 bucks a month, run rate of a million bucks a year. And, uh, and then six months later, we doubled that again. And we just started seeing this phenomenal growth. It was just, I mean, we were just cranking and growing and growing and growing. In fact, we moved five times in six years. We were growing so fast. I had multiple leases that I was subleasing because I, I moved thinking, oh, yeah, this place is two times the size of the last place. It'll be good enough. And then we'd outgrow it, right? You know, and, and uh, in one instance, we outgrew uh, the lease in nine months, my three-year lease. We outgrew it in nine months. And so I had to sublease it for, for that period of time. And that growth was, it was exciting. It was exhilarating. Uh, our customers were loving it. Our retention was amazing. Um, and, uh, and it was getting all the results that, that for the people who listened to us kind of work the system, right. You know, we were getting all the results. Um, but the thing, the true measure for me that was telling us like, Hey, this is working, um, was retention. You know, our average client was staying, uh, with us probably at the time it was probably about three and a half years. Um, it's a little more now, but it was about three and a half years at the time, give or take. And, um, that's really high for a marketing agency. Um, most marketing agencies, customers don't stay that long. In fact, it's, a, it's, it's less than half of that usually. So, so we, we, uh, yeah, that, that's where we started. And then we just saw this phenomenal growth, uh, happen, you know, over the course of the next, uh, next 10 years. So, uh, quick update. Um, I did just grab our latest newsletter pro newsletter here. Um, I know you send these out for us. Sean, I don't even know how many you're sending out. For, I think it's around 20,000. Yeah, I don't know either. But let's go with that. <laughs> but uh, I, I know our, our group loves it. This, uh, you're highlighting one of our doctors of PT here. Um, I, and this is how well I know that it works is when I'm out and about, whether it's in Costco or Target or Kohl's or whatever, people stop and say, hey, by the way, Dr. Tilly went to Hawaii. And they'll start asking me questions. Like I know the story and I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it's, it's wonderful. And a couple of, uh, the tenants that we teach that you were talking about in terms of, uh, pillars or whatever in business, um, number one is, you know, our, the number one most valuable asset in our business, in any business, not just healthcare services should be our past patient list. People who've bought from us before who know, like, and trust us. They're easy to reactivate, um, mm -hmm. or the easiest to reactivate. And they're also uh, great for word of mouth referrals sending other people to us. I know you've written uh, quite a bit about that, which we can get into here in a minute. Um, but yeah, the other thing that I wanted to say is uh, you, you had talked about, you know, some of the resistance with your friends and family that don't want you to get hurt. Hey, by the way, don't go into that business. That's silly or whatever. And it's like th that media uh, to me seems like it w was dying. And until I started doing it myself 10, 15 years ago, and I just saw the, the huge lift that we would get in new patients coming in and, and our business growing. Um, I've been a believer forever. I think it's easier to compete in the mailbox than it yes. ever has been. Um, yes. But can you talk a little bit about that, the trends and how easy it is to stand out with direct, direct mail? Yeah, so there's a couple of things you got to understand. Like, I mean, there's different uh, types of marketing, right? So you have your lead generation marketing, 
Um, and this is going to be, you know, advertising on say Facebook or YouTube or wherever you're going to advertise to get that, you know, you, it could be postcards, I guess too, right? Like, I mean, it could be a lot of different things, but, um, you got your lead generation marketing. Okay. Um, and then you have your, you have your customer or, uh, past customer, current customer, patient nurture, right. And then you also have nurture of your leads. Um, and if you wanted to add another category in there, uh, potentially, if you have a big enough list, you might have a, another list of your referral sources. So if, for example, you work really closely with a bunch of lawyers or that are sending you in car accident victims or, or whatnot, right? Uh, personal injury stuff, you know, that could be, that could be maybe a, a, another one, but uh, we'll stick with the primary stuff that, that everyone's working with, right? And what the newsletter, what we, what we have to remember is, is that we all have with our list, whether it's leads, whether it's patients, okay, right, um, or even referral sources, it doesn't matter. We all have only so much, uh, you know, only so much basically, uh, you know, in a sense, like a capital with them, right? Um, we can only come to the well and say, buy my stuff so many times before what happens is they just stop paying attention because we're not adding any value into their lives. And, and so when you start to add value, you start to provide content that's useful, that's entertaining and entertaining is really key. Uh, I, I want you to remember that we'll talk, probably get into that here in a second, but, but useful entertaining. That's not all about you. That's about benefiting them right? That's about building a relationship, get it, having them get to know you, uh, like you, trust you. That, that's where you get a lot of your ability to convert. Because see, when you've got that patient who came in and, you, and they loved you, they did great for them a year ago. You know what? There's a couple things that happen. One, sometimes they've got other issues that they've just, they just are putting off. They just aren't even thinking about, man, PT could probably help me with this, right? You know, or, or whatnot. But the other thing is, is that you're not top of mind for any level of referrals at that point either, right? So you have to communicate with them. And when you communicate with them, you have to communicate in a way that's going to add value so that they consume or at least think fondly of you when they, when they see it. And if they don't consume the whole thing, right, you get a brand impression so that they, you're top of mind so that they can refer, so that when they do have a pain or their spouse has a pain or their kid has something that they need or mom or dad or whatever it is, that they get them into you, right? And so what happens for most of us uh, in the, like you said, the pillars or the foundational marketing is that we think that once they're a patient, they're always a patient. And, and then we, we don't realize that we actually have to nurture them. We have to take care of them. We have to help them, right? We have to remind them who we are, what we do, and then we're still in business. And so one of the best ways to break through that clutter is in the mailbox because so few people are competing there. And then all the, all the studies, everything, that's, everything that, that is out there on it shows that the trust level for something that arrives in the, in the physical mailbox is significantly higher than the trust level of something that arrives as an email, right? Why is that? Well, it's because the average person gets, you know, 150 emails a day and they get four pieces of mail a day. Um, now you add in this, you add in what's, what's happened uh, around the world with the pandemic, right? And you've got more and more people sitting at home, right? They're sitting at home, they're alone, uh, or they're just there with their kids and, and, and spouse or whatever, their dog. And uh, they're looking at a computer screen all day. 
And so that makes their desire to continue to look at a computer screen all day even less. Now they were doing it at work too, but it was different. There was a lot of socialization happening at work that isn't hap happening at home. You know, it's not happening over the Zoom meetings, right? And so by you providing them um, a piece of content that's useful, that's entertaining, that's beneficial to them, but that also has some personal element, which I think is so important, has this personal element into it. Um, they want to read it because they want connection, right? As human beings, we just, we, we, we crave some level of connection. I know some of you guys are thinking like, I don't ever want to see humans. Okay. I get that. Okay. Trust me. I really like my humans and it takes a little bit. I mean, if you're, if you become one of my humans, I love you to death, do anything for you. But, uh, but uh, you know, I'm like new people. I'm like, hold on, I'm I'm a little scared, you know, right? And so I do understand, but but it doesn't mean I it doesn't mean I. Um, it's almost like, it's almost like that. I saw a meme. It's like uh, I'm not going to come to whatever your social event is, but I would still like an invitation, right? It's it's almost that level of 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 thing going on here, where, you know, you still want to, you know, you still want to feel included, and so when done properly right you can get in there you can nurture these people you can you can build relationships with them like you said they'll stop you at costco right they'll they'll talk to you about it whatever it happens to be right you can you can do things where you can you can just have i, I mean you can change your business in a way because you're showing up like nobody else is showing up uh you can reactivate you can have people come in sooner or people who would not have gone in, they just forgot about you. They would have gone somewhere else. But because you continued to show up every single, uh, every single month on a regular basis and added value into their lives, either they decided they're a lead and they decided to buy now, right? They decided to become a patient or they're a patient and they're still referring, they're still coming in, they're coming back more often. And when you think about that, that's how all the big companies run their business, right? All the big companies are looking at frequency of, of people coming back and returning, right? They're looking, they, they know that they have to nurture. You can't just send sales pitches or nothing. That's what most people do. Most people are, are so busy running their business that they do, they just ignore their, their past patients, their existing patients, their leads. And then they wonder why they never get to them. They never get to the next level. It's those that understand the value of, 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 uh, you know, those relationships. Uh, those are the ones that are get, get to five locations, 10 locations. And then, but they get, they also get it where they, they know they need to continue. They maybe need to do more, right? Um, they just don't maybe have a mechanism to do it, but they need to do more, right? And so that's, that's where what we found, um, and it, and you're right, right now, the mailbox is working better than I've ever seen it work. So, you yeah. know, at the moment, yeah. Great. So uh, the, a lot to um, unwrap there. I know for us, uh, I mean, we have done a monthly newsletter, I think for maybe 17 years, 15, 17 years. And we have had patients that we haven't seen in, I remember the one lady specifically because it literally happened right outside the store, nine <laughs> years. And she said, you've been in my mailbox every single month. That's a, over a hundred newsletters that you've sent me. Mm -hmm. and, I'm, and then she spoke with me because we used to highlight you know, our growing family and the, the farm and everything else. And she talked like I had seen her, like we had lunch together every, every Wednesday for yeah. the, the last nine years. And it mm -hmm. was amazing. So 
you, you can start to think about, you know, what is the value of that? Um, it, it's highly invaluable. And I know in our clinics, um, once they get past uh, two to three years old, you know, 60, um, 60 to 70% of the new business coming in is actually from our past patient list. So it's a really big deal. Yes, cold marketing is, is sexy yeah. and leads and we do it. And that's part of our growth strategy. But if you're ignoring that past patient list, um, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. Yeah. I mean, you got to do it all. See, that's the thing. It's not, it's it, a balance. It's, yeah. I mean, it's a balance. I mean, yes, everyone needs new people. People die, people move, people don't have a need, but yeah, you, you have to do it all. I mean, it's not, and that's the thing. Don't stop being worried about doing it all and, and just, you know, set the systems and processes up, hire the people, do the right things to get, to get it all done. You know, we're, we're in the business of taking risks, you know, I mean, I've taken risks before and, and had them be wildly successful and I've taken risks and lost half a million dollars before too, right? You know, or more. And uh, uh, that sucked, right? But you learn from those, you learn from those mistakes. We all have to take risks. And that's, I think sometimes what happens is we get going in our business. This was me, okay? I, I got stuck in one of my businesses, uh, just like quick side story. Um, I was making good money. I made between 100, 150,000 bucks a year in this, in this company. I didn't have to work very much, probably worked. 10 to 20 hours a week, most weeks, maybe in the summer, I had to work a little bit more, but didn't have to work very much. Um, and, uh, and I was very comfortable, uh, especially in Boise, Idaho at the time, right? Like it was, it was, you know, even cheaper then than it is now. And um, uh, I, I wasn't happy. That was a problem, but, uh, but I was super comfortable, but I, I kept telling myself like, nope, it's good. I, you know, don't, don't rock the boat. Don't do anything to, to go forward. But you know, look, you either are moving forward or you're going backwards, right? And if you really want to get to, if you really, if you really have big dreams, like if you really want to set yourself up, you're an entrepreneur, you got in there to take risks, you need to, you need to do it. But these are the, these are some of the easiest and safest risks you can take, right? Nurture your existing uh, patient base, uh, do new marketing to get new people in. I mean, like, the, those aren't really risks in the grand scheme of things, right? So, uh, but you have to do it. You have to take risks and you do need to move forward wherever you're at in your business, whether it's one location, five locations, a hundred locations, we have to be, we have to keep going forward or you will be going backwards. Guarantee it. And the other thing that I want to tie a, a bow on to add to that, Sean, is uh, that newsletter that we mail to 20 or 25,000 people. I think that takes our staff a total of like 90 minutes working with your team to, yeah. to put that together. Um, so that's, it, it's huge for us. Super easy, yeah. Because many of us as clinicians, we're working in our business so much, we think that we're, we have that feeling of, oh no, you know, now I have to think about the next newsletter. The last one just went out and mm -hmm. I'm reinventing the wheel every month and your team just makes it seamless. Uh, sure. So um, cool there. Also, uh, you had mentioned entertaining and the importance mm -hmm. of doing that. Anything else you wanna add there well, look, I mean, the way I look at the way I look at newsletter content, right, is um, it really should mimic a little bit of what you see on Facebook, 
right? So if you, if you think that you're going to go on Facebook or any other social media, right, it's, um, you're going to go on and you're going to see, you're going to see stuff about people, you know, family and friends, right? You're going to see, you're going to see maybe some memes or some jokes or a funny video or whatever it happens to be there. You might see a, a cool article that, that is interesting. That might be something that you're, that, that you want to, uh, that you want to read. You might see an ad, um, you know, but you're going to see a lot more entertainment than you are going to see, um, you know, kind of just a lot more entertainment, a lot more personal. Those are the two things that you're going to see. The most of uh, probably Facebook probably has too many ads compared to what you'd want. <laughs> you wouldn't want that many ads in a newsletter, but uh, but that's okay. That's the you know that's the media. That's what they need that to to make that all work. And um, and so so you've got that right. And and you you have to remember they're not physical therapists. So you coming and telling them about sciatica pain, like we can talk a little bit about it, but what's that? Two percent of the population has that issue, you know, at any given moment, one percent, right? So you have to be careful how much that you go in to try to either prove that you're an amazing, uh, you know, PT, right? Um, you want to instead, you'd be so much better just to give the personal stuff and the entertainment stuff, and maybe make sure that you. Uh, put in a cool uh, patient success story or something like that. Uh, but, but going in and talking to them about uh, physical therapy on a regular basis when they're not physical therapists, when that's not what they, what they do, like they already believe in you or they wouldn't be doing business with you, right? If they thought that you were like some shoddy, uh, you know, doctor or whatever, right? Sorry, we got these remodel and my lights just... Uh, uh, it's on a timer that seems to be for like seven seconds. Um, but um, um, this, uh, uh, you know, going and talking about, you know, that you're that you're a doctor and telling them about all that stuff, they don't want to read it. And you you do want consumption, ideally speaking. You want them to consume it um, and not just, you know, you don't need to impress them. They're already your patient, <laughs> right? You know, help them, entertain them, let them think positively about you, feel good when they see your stuff. That's how you're going to get the best bang for your buck. Right. Love that. Um, the so, you've authored at least three books that I know of. Yep. Um, no, no BS guide to maximum referrals and customer retention with Dan Kennedy. Yes. I think uh, 2015, 2016. Um, the uh, new book that you have out, which is over your right shoulder. Um, yes. If you're listening to this, you can't see it. So it's stop losing customers now. Um, I know that's available on Amazon. And then um, you also had publish the ultimate guide to newsletters. Yes. You want to talk about the most recent one? Uh, yeah. Stop losing customers. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so look, here's the thing that I think is, uh, I think is missed in a lot of businesses. And, and this is the, the idea that most, most places don't have really that, that good of an idea about how many people, uh, you know, you get, you get XYZ number of people in, but how many people left, how many people aren't coming back. Right. Um, and what we what we miss here is that these these people once they've decided to do business with you and they buy from you and they they are your patient right it is so much easier to get them to buy again other services it's easier to get them to refer and so if you what this book goes over is, is it's talking about why you need to focus on main not only maintaining relationships with your existing uh, and past patients, but why you need to uh, why and how to reactivate them, how to get them to uh, return more often, uh, what it is that you need to do to maintain that relationship. And then and then it goes into the numbers, right? It goes into the details like, hey, what's this worth to you? 
And if we're looking at bigger companies, uh, bigger companies, for example, know this, most small businesses don't get this, but it is this, it's this retention, right? It's this idea that, that how low can we get the churn um, and, or how, how many more visits can we get? Uh, you know, how can we grow the total number of visits, you know, uh, in a lot of cases in PT, um, but, um, but ultimately understanding that if you can decrease churn, you drastically increase profits. So for every patient that leaves, right, you've got to, you've got to spend a lot of money and effort and time and marketing to get a new patient in the door to fill that patient's spot. And so if we can either decrease that or make sure that we have campaigns in place, as you were saying, to get those patients from years two and three and four, as they have more issues to come back over and over again, that's where you're going to see, that's when you're going to see that next level growth, right? Most people end up stalling out because they're doing all the marketing they can do to generate new leads, but they're losing about as many as they are getting in the, in the door. And, and maybe the cost per lead just is too high to go to that next level. But if they realize that what they what your what your best and most probable thing to do would be to go back, get all of the patients who have been patients, as many of them working with you again, coming back, making sure that they're top of mind, they're referring, they're coming to see you again. And then and then, of course, only ethically, but making sure that you're getting maximum number of visits. And I don't mean that by saying that if they need um, if they're there for their shoulder and uh, that you're like, you know what, I think it'll take nine visits when it really only is gonna take eight. That's of course not what I'm saying. But you know, the interesting thing is, is that I found uh, with PT, cause I, I'm a big fan of PT and, and use it is that, okay, yeah, I've got this injury, you know, um, that, that I needed to, to, in fact, there was one at one point that, you know, when I was actually out at your house and, uh, yeah, and you, you worked on me cause I recently I'd hurt my like tailbone, like I'd fallen and it. Yeah, it was all jacked up. And, um, but you know, uh, but guess what? That wasn't the only thing, right? And so in, in my fit with my physical therapist, the guy I go to out here, um, you know, especially because, you know, I go to the gym, so I always have something that's, that's going on. But before we really had this relationship, I didn't, uh, um, you know, I didn't even think about it, right? I would just, if, if my back hurt or if, if, um, you know, there was some issue, I'd be like, oh, it'll work it out. You know, maybe I'll take a muscle relaxer. It's probably just tight muscles or something, right? Uh, not realizing that there were so many more things that I could be going to a physical therapist for um, that I wasn't. Either I was going to the doctor for, or I was going to a chiropractor for. And I've started to explain it to people like this a little bit, okay? Especially from chiropractic. If you're going to a chiropractor, right? If, you, if you're going in and you're having to go time and time and time again, right? Over and over and over again, that is a huge mistake, right? That you're, they're just getting you well. That actually means you need to go to physical therapy, right? Uh, you know, maybe for a short period of time, that's fine. Maybe chiropractor can help you. But if you're having to, if you're going, you know, it just seems that you have to go 97 times and you're never getting better, right? That, that now is where we probably need to start looking at physical therapy, right? But most people don't even understand that. They just keep going to the chiropractor for years. I know my, I know that, that I've had that situation in my family for five years, went to a chiropractor. We were spending $800 a month for five years, never got better. Uh, I think it was a dozen physical therapy visits and it went down to chiropractic once a month. It was crazy. So, so like, you know, uh, you just need to, you know, you, you, you need to realize where, uh, you know, where to educate, what to, you know, how, how some of those differences. So, yeah. Cool. 
Um, yeah, the, the the way that we've taught in the past is uh, patch the leaky funnel. You were talking about the eight visits versus nine visits. Yeah, yeah. There, there is this contention in physical therapy that if you see somebody for eight visits and I see them for nine, somehow you're a better PT. However, when we, we look at averages, what really happens is the therapist that has the lowest number of visits frequently has a very leaky system. So they have a lot of patients dropping off. Uh, we've run this with numbers, not only at our clinic, but looked at 200 other plus practices all over the US and that's what's happening. So the um, it, typically a, a less, uh, what do I wanna say? A less uh, competent therapist maybe mm -hmm. um, frequently will have some uh, gaps in skill set, and that patients are coming in we're paying a lot of money for that patient to get on the schedule. And then they're slipping out after two or three visits and they're dropping off a PT. That doesn't make me a better PT. It, it means I have some, some uh, competence. Well, no one even realized that actually the, the funny thing was, is that probably no one even realized they didn't even realize that the person dropped off. And that's the sad part on the whole yes. thing, right? Yeah. There, there's no phone call, no email, no text. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, why didn't you, why didn't you come in? We, this, you, there's no way that this was your hundred, right? Um, the other thing I saw was really interesting. Uh, my physical, physical therapist was doing this and I, maybe you can tell me if this is the right advice or, or not, but I, I think it was, uh, he, he tells me, he's like, okay, well, you know what, that should be like, after whatever number of visits he thought, like he's working, he's working, whatever it was, the shoulder or my ankle or whatever. He's like, well, you know what I think that, I, that, that, I mean, to me, it looks like that's probably enough. Um, and so if you have any more problems, let me know. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. That is like the worst. I mean, I'm like, are you out of your mind? Okay, <laughs> if you think it should be enough, don't leave it on me. Like you tell me like, okay, maybe we're going to wait a month before I come back, but I'm going to come back because we want to be for sure. Right. You know, and it's even just little things like that. Like, I'm like, that is that, that over a, a career is like the most expensive words that could come out of your mouth probably. Right. You know, I mean, um, and so it's all these little mistakes. Absolutely. The, the way that uh, the industry trend for a while, at least when I came out of school, was something along the lines of, hope you never have to see me again, yeah. <laughs> which, which is insanity. And uh, the, the way that we set it up now, uh, an easier way to handle that, Sean, is if you go through a plan of care and let's say I'm seeing you for your, your back, you mentioned the tailbone that I think we treated uh, in my living room. Yes. Um, but uh, the, so... If I saw you for that and you said, hey, I want to get back to playing, what's your latest sporting endeavor? Oh, just just lifting. Just lifting. Okay, great. So I want to get back to deadlifting or squatting or using the machines at the gym. I would say, great. Um, so that this is the end. You know, you're now pain free. All your, your strength and motion looks normal to me. For the next two weeks, I want you to go back to the gym and do everything that you would, you've been holding back on. And then we'll do a follow-up. We'll... Uh, take a look at your measurements again, make sure you maintain everything and that you can do all the movements that you want to do at the gym and you're really back to normal. That's that follow-up is a nice little touch um, where you don't feel like we're abandoning mm -hmm. you and you know that you can come back to us again in the future. Yeah. So we, we set it up like that and it works out really well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great. I mean, I think, I think there's a couple ways to skin that cat, to be honest with you. There's probably a membership, uh, uh, program in there, some kind of wellness, uh, you know, check-in visit or something, you know, I mean, um, 
I, I've, yeah, have you ever found that it's like uh, when they come in, they come in and they're like, oh, my tailbone hurts. And all of a sudden they're like, and my ankle and my shoulder and my rib is out. And like, we, wow. do, we do a six month follow-up. Okay. It, it's very, it's very short um, for people that want it. It's uh, 10 minutes Yep. and we'll do, um, we'll scan whatever body part they want. And yeah, exactly. Like you said, they, you know, we saw you for your back. Now you're coming back in and you're like, Hey, other day I was reaching in the back seat, my shoulder right here was really bothering me. So now we just, we talk about that and that has like a 50% plus reactivation. I mean, like, that's right for us. you know what that does? Uh, I mean, first single location, but talk about 10 locations, six yeah. locations, right? I mean, you are talking about that is some of the easiest, uh, easiest money that you can make. And, and I know that like, of course, I'm not saying that we give, we over-treat in order to make money. I would never suggest that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer that you just do the right thing and, and it will always work out, right? But, um, but the reality is that actually is the right thing. The right thing is to make sure that they're better. Like, because especially guys, I mean, us guys, we will sit there and be like, well, it only hurts a little, right? You know, well, I'm not gonna, don't worry about it, right? You know, and it's like, no, no. We need someone to make us not, you know, sit there in pain like that, right? You know, because it affects everything. And I, I think if you even look at it like this, because I'd venture to say that this is, I, I wouldn't venture to say, I know this is true. Um, you know, there's that, there's that saying that if, uh, if mama ain't happy, uh, nobody's happy, right? Okay. But in all reality, that's true for both men and women. If, if, if you're in pain, whether and you're in you're in a relationship, you're married, or you've got kids, or 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 just at work or whatever, right? It doesn't even matter what the relationships are, friendships. If you're in pain and you're hurting, you are going to snap more at people. You're going to be more grumpy. You're going to it's going to cause issues. So, in, in a roundabout way, making sure that you're getting them better, like truly getting them better and getting them out of that pain, you are not just improving their life on the fact that when they sit down, it doesn't pinch a little bit or whatever the problem is, right? But you're keeping it from when that pain does flare up, um, you're keeping it from causing issues at home. You're making it so that vacation that they go on, that they got, that, that and then all of a sudden it's right before the vacation, they, they, they're, they're dying, you know, right? It's just, they're in so much pain, their back is out because you did the follow-up, you did the checks and you made sure they were hundred percent. You made sure you were helping them have that vacation, which is making their family life better, which is de-stressing them. Like that's actually what you're doing. And when you, when you start to shift, you know, you're thinking a little bit, realizing the impact that you're having, but you have to make sure that they're hundred percent. And that means you won't know they're hundred percent at the last treatment. You think they're hundred percent. You just won't know it. it. It's not possible. They, yeah. like you said, they got to go out and do everything they were normally doing and then come back. Yep. Exactly, man. Um, so briefly there, you mentioned uh, mindset and I, I know you wrote about an article about that. Um, it was in the latest edition of the the newsletter pro so i know you probably wrote it four months yes. ago <laughs> yes. uh, no actually not recently i've been behind <laughs> yeah so let's uh I, i'll refresh your memory a little bit Thanks. but uh so it was um the lead article was about uh mindset specifically talking about when we open up most of us are looking for some time or financial freedom and then yeah. it rolls over into impact and thinking about growing and scaling and why some owners do and um scale to five, 10 million plus a year in revenue and, and some never get there, sure. right? 
So can you talk about uh, what you see? Because I know how many different industries are you working in right now with News Auto? Uh, we, work in a, we work in a ton of different industries. Uh, I mean, primarily professional services, you know, uh, PTs, dentists, lawyers, that kind of stuff. But I mean, we've, we probably work in about uh, 40 or 50 different industries in total. So. So, so you see it all. And I'm sure every industry, we tend to think that we're different right? Yeah. <laughs> right. We're, we're the only people in the world going through this right now. Yep. Um, but can you talk about what you see in terms of that entrepreneurial journey and how the mindset shifts and maybe how to overcome the one or two biggest obstacles there? Yeah, I think that uh, first, it's uh, first, you have to have, um, you got to have a reason why. And, and here's the interesting thing, when we first get into business, right, our reason why is to make money. Right. Um, well, in fact, actually, usually when we first get into business, it's to buy back our time, our freedom or whatever. But making money is a primary component because obviously we have to feed our families or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Um, there comes a point uh, where, one, we lose this idea that that we can have the freedom of time. Right. Where we can build our business to such a way where we can take off um, and not have to work as much or, or at all, potentially. Uh, but that is really the, I think for most people, that's the ultimate goal is that they, they build it up, they run it. doesn't mean they don't have to have a meeting about it. doesn't mean they don't have to check reports and check in and do a little bit here and there. Most people are, don't want to, you know, their goal isn't to do absolutely nothing. Although that should be the goal. The goal should be to do nothing. And then so that you can do anything, right? That's, that, that really is, is uh, the most ideal situation to be in is that you are required to do nothing, which then allows you to do anything. But um but we come in with that mindset. Then we get to a money, uh, we get to a money mindset, right? Where, where we're like, okay, well, we want to make money. We want to be rich. We want to make whatever our number is. But the reality is, is in, in most places in the country, if you're making, say, a quarter of a million bucks a year, or even 150,000 bucks a year, but surely at a quarter of a million dollars a year, virtually every place in the country, you're doing pretty, pretty damn good. Like that's, 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 that's good cash. Um, and then we get comfortable and we get, and then that comfortable gets us stuck. So what happens is it's, it's just like starting your business. We, in fact, where we, it's actually interesting where we started the conversation, right? We had to go out and take a big risk, which was this $40,000 that we each put on uh, some kind of loan, right. You know, to start our, our first companies. But when we start to get to the point where we're making really good money, what happens is, is we're like, well, man, that would be a lot of hard work for me to do that. I would be extra work from what I'm doing, right? And I, oh, I might not make a quarter of a million. I might only make 175 and whew, man, I don't know. We've got, the kids are in private school and we got this vacation we wanna do and the wife wants a remodel or the husband wants a remodel, right? You know, whatever it is. And, 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 and we just stop, we just get into this, we get into this, this idea that, well, it's good is good enough. Um, and we give up. And, and so what's, what happens is, is you have to have a reason why bigger than money for, for 99% of people. Okay. You have to have a reason why that's bigger than money. Uh, because at, at some point you've got enough money. Um, you know, I, I, pretty confident. I can say this for you. Uh, and I can say it for me. Um, I don't have to work anymore. I'm be all done. I'm 42 years old. Just go live my life out. In fact, 
I've been I've been pretty pretty fortunate. Uh, you know, I, I had to take some time off for a, for a personal reason, and luckily I had a great team in place. And and I did. I took um, I took the better part of uh, I took about two years uh, more or less away. I had a little bit I had to do, but but more or less I, I had to take two years away to deal with this uh, this issue, and uh, got it all resolved now. But uh, but I was lucky. I was in the position I was in to be able to go and do that. And, and see, what I want you to shift your mindset to is a couple of things. I want you to first realize that that dream of you buying back your time, that is the goal, right? That, that is, or it should be. And if it's not, you might have a different one, that's fine. Uh, but that should be one of the goals. Because if you can get to a point, like I said, where you're not required to do anything, then, then, then the world is yours. You can do you, you can do anything you want. And that's so amazing. And you have bought back really your freedom. I mean, at the end of the day, um, I had a friend of mine from really close friend of mine. He was two years older than me uh, from high school. And I just got a message uh, a couple of weeks ago that he died in the military. I mean, this guy was, this guy was big guy rocked. I mean, just, just, I, I, you know, we lost contact. I don't know what, the cause of his death was right, you know, um, but it wasn't, you know, it was just some natural cause of, of some sort. And, uh, you know, that's crazy. That's crazy. Right. And he was, he was, you know, he was working, 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 and, and now it's, it's over. And you see, you, you want to, you want to really think about what, what that end game is. Then the next thing I want you to really think about is, is that your business I don't care if you're at one location or hundred locations. It, the goal should be to build it, to sell, even if you're not going to sell. See, Chad, you've done that, right? I mean, you've got all these locations. It's not like you're running from location to location to location, you know, taking care of patients, right? You know, uh, you have built it with systems and processes and stuff that runs. The challenge that comes in is, is that there's some risk involved in that. There's some extra work to get it there. And then uh, you gotta, you gotta, there's some trust that has to be given out to some other people, right? You know, but uh, but you built that business to sell. And I'm sure that if you wanted to sell, you could get a very, very nice offer, uh, you know, to buy, to buy you guys out. Um, and and that allows you the freedom to do the stuff that you're doing now, which is more, I definitely know, uh, is more of your passion. You know, not to say that you don't love PT, but you're having fun over here. You, you conquered that. Now you're over here conquering this, uh, you know, business, right? And so it's, this, it's the thing you, you need to start thinking about and build a sell even if you don't want to sell. So important. And then, uh, and, then, and then you can also start thinking about what is it, you know, what do you want to do? How do you want to help? Like, who is it that you want to help? Um, um, I started five years ago, I started a nonprofit uh, helping foster kids. That was, that was, I, I, my charities, uh, the char my charitable giving is almost always around kids because they're, they're the most vulnerable. Right. So, um, so that's, that's where, that's where I went with it. And I love it. It's, it's one of the, it's one of the highlights of the thing, the things I get to do every single year is to work on that. And so, um, you know, how can you help others? So there's a lot there, uh, you know, but, but you have to dream, you have to start to dream again. You have to realize that the goal isn't for you to come in and work every day. The goal is to set up systems and processes. The goal is to buy back your freedom. And, um, and, and the goal is for you to then be able to, to grow, you know, grow your empire in a sense, right? To whatever that looks like to you, whatever, whatever you're trying to accomplish there. So. Love that, man. Um, 
we so I, I know you have a, a special offer for our listeners here. I think um, now would be a good time to get into that. So if somebody wanted to contact you or Newsletter Pro and explore, you know, I, yeah. I don't do anything from my past patient list now, what options are available? What's the best way to get in touch with you and your team? So uh, there's really two ways. Probably the best thing to do right now would be to text us. Uh, you can do a text opt-in here and I'm going to send you a complimentary, no charge, copy of, of my book on newsletter marketing, which is just getting updated. So by the time this goes live, it should be the new edition. Um, so begin the most recent stuff. Um, and what you'll want to do is you'll want to just text Matten, okay, to 208-269-9111. So Madden, M-A-D-D-E-N, to 208-269-9111. And then what's going to happen here, it, here's the thing. Even if you're not sure about newsletters, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do this anyways, because I want you to pay attention to the marketing. All right. Uh, everyone needs to be a student of marketing. And I can tell you that this package that we're going to send you is not just going to be a book. I won't spoil all the surprises that are in it. Um, uh, it costs us a significant amount of money to send out, but it's okay. Uh, happy to send it out to you. Um, and, and, but watch the marketing because this is built, uh, you know, an eight figure business. Uh, in a large part on, on the back of this marketing, this has been the core marketing for a long time. It's been changed. It's been updated. It's been adjusted, but, uh, but this is the foundational piece that we've used to grow. And there, again, there's other things that we do too, but this, this has definitely been the backbone of it. And then take a look at that marketing and what happens there. And, uh, and then ask yourself in any marketing you get, you should ask yourself, how could this apply to me? right? How could I use this? Where could I use this? Where can I go get more information about it, right? But see what we send out. Um, check that out. I promise there'll be tons of good information in there for you that's useful. Um, um, and uh, yeah, and I think if you if you try that, uh, or if you go get that book, uh, and you check out that marketing, uh, you'll you'll be like, wow, okay, I see what I see what he's talking about and how the how, probably find some ways that you could use it in your business. If you just want to go to the website, you can go to newsletterpro.com and uh, check us out there as well too. But uh, but the text opt-in is pretty cool. Oh, on the text opt-in, just so you know, okay, I'm going to spoil a little secret here. That's a chat bot. So you're going to send a text and you're going to get one back and it's going to talk to you like we're, you know, we're interacting, um, but that's all being automated. Um, everything that's going on there is being automated. So yeah, so kind of check it out. It's pretty cool. Um, and, um, and that's, that's been a, that's been a huge, like doing that from stage or from a podcast or a webinar has really, you know, helped our business as well too. So. Awesome. So one more time, Sean, that's text Madden to 208-269-9111. Correct. Great. Yep. And, uh, at least the book plus I, I know every time I get a package from you, it's absolutely amazing. So, um, uh, a bunch of goodies. Yeah. You, you do good work via, uh, via mail. So, and then um, I love what you said there too. It's just not what's in the package. It's taking a look at it. Um, and I can remember talking with Ben Glass years ago and he had me do the same exact thing. And he said, hey, get this and then start deconstructing it and thinking about how can I apply this um, to my business as well. So love the advice there. We covered a lot of ground, uh, everything from hot dogs to um, book writing um, and also uh, mindset within uh, growing a, a practice as an entrepreneur. So love everything you're doing, man. Thank you so much for being on here. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Remember to visit getbreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, 
Make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.